Good morning, and you're listening to the Page Masters with your host, Ben <laughs> and Justin. <laughs> Good delay, Ben. <laughs> you're gonna keep that? Should we keep that? I think we should keep it. Maybe. Yeah, let's keep that. Yeah. Let's keep right. that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, hi, uh, I'm Justin. I'm Ben. Welcome to the Page Masters, um, the the inaugural episode of. Uh, reviewing books, movies occasionally, but mostly books. Um, yeah, we're your hosts. Yeah, <laughs> take, take, take it away, Justin. All right, so uh, the way it's gonna kind of go is the podcast will be geared towards each week. We will be doing a different book or every other week. As of now, we'll probably be releasing, but it will be a book. We will pick a book. We will read the book together, kind of like a book club. Uh, break down the book talk about the overall themes our take on the book and then at the end of that episode whoever didn't pick that week will be uh announcing what book will be the next week and then from there yeah yeah this this first week is uh is justin it's you justin i know um, i feel like there's so much pressure because like we have because it's like <laughs> i know this first episode sucks it's on you totally <laughs> well because like i could do a good job and then you're like all right now i know what i should do and how to make right. it better or i could do a really really bad job and then you just come in and do so much of a better job and then it just yeah so there's no win-win but right. uh, totally. totally all right so the book i picked was uh fahrenheit 451 what do you know about that book? It was you know, just doing a little reading, um, reading the book, obviously, while listening to it, but then reading a little background. Written in 1953, Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury was uh, very ahead of his time. He wrote uh, a lot of science fiction, one of the most celebrated authors out there, um, and wrote 1953, um, kind of like in, like, the same vein as George Orwell's 1984, really questioning, you know, dictatorships, totalitarian societies, really was like the first famous dystopian novel. Um, and yeah, it, uh, yeah, do you want to, you want to go through the plot a little bit? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. It, it was to me. Uh, so this is the first time I read this book. I've always heard it talked about. So I was real big into George Orwell, but I I never, uh, it was always, I just didn't have time to read or it was just something else popped up. You know, like one of those, like you have it on your list, you're ready to go. And that was one of the reasons why when we said we were going to do this, I was like, great choice. That plus, uh, so when I went into this, I didn't really have an idea of what I was reading. I had no pre-notion of what I was getting into. I just knew that, from what I had heard, it was in the same vein as like George Orwell's 1984. So I went yep. straight into it. Boom, book starts out. It's set in the year 2049 in some Midwest city. So where nothing exciting happens. Except everything can be <laughs> exciting here. Uh, oh, the Midwest, the mid- people hate a lot on the Midwest. The Midwest is, has its, its perks. It's, it was just I mean, so flat everything was so flat and boring that was like the worst part of the drive on the last trip i took out there <laughs> it was like i'm trying to stay awake i'm just putting on anything i can man oh man no it's it has its perks i guess i mean definitely flat extremely flat i'll give it i'll give it that but yeah it's 
Anyways, let's let's continue. Yeah. Um, wait, how do you, how do you know it's how do you know it's in the Midwest? Because uh, I believe at some point in there it said unnamed city in the Midwest. Oh, like the location. Geez. Oh, okay. All right. Well, missed missed that part, but keep going. Yeah. Uh, so it starts off with this guy named Guy Montag. Guy Montag. Sorry. Uh, he's a firefighter. It doesn't really say too much of what a firefighter is. You don't think anything of it. Uh, the book goes, there's a burning. Uh, you just know, you know, he's not a regular firefighter, but you don't know what kind of firefighter he is. Uh, he ends up yeah. meeting this young lady named uh, Clarice. Yep. Yep. So and he ends up talking Clarice to her. Is, huh? Yeah. Clarice is just kind of like a, like an odd, an odd girl. Like you can kind of tell that something's, Something's a little different about her. Well, know? like I just thought of it as like she was very free spirited. She was like, I feel like she's the kind of person you could be around and you're just genuinely going to have a good time. Yeah, no, totally. And she's like, she's like that friend that like you, she probably does a little some things pretty differently to you. But yeah, exactly. You're going to have a good time. Um, she's she's not the life of the party, but she's like a very interesting person to talk to, you know? Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. So. So before this, uh, one of my favorite things is I'm going to start off uh, with this. This is the first quote. And he says, it was a pleasure to burn. I don't know if you remember that. Does that do you remember, remember that in the beginning? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that like really stood out to me. So he says that. So kind of right off the gate, you get a picture of this. Like, this is like a, uh, I guess what you'd say, I don't know, a manly man or just someone who's like, you see what he's about. Like he's, he's a no bullshit kind of guy. Like he plays by whatever rules is set, but you're still not really sure. So he it was a pleasure to, to burn. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. That's what I imagine. It was like, <laughs> yeah. it would probably be like Jean-Claude Van Damme if it was set in the Yeah. 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 Some French Sorry. accent. Yeah. <laughs> but he's American. Yeah. Uh, so they're talking and she just starts asking questions. I think she asks him about being a firefighter. And I don't remember the exact thing she says, but it's along the lines of, is it true that firefighters used to put fires out instead mm -hmm. of starting fires? Mm. And he's like, what? And he's like, no, that's not true. And then, uh, or he says he hasn't heard it. And then from that point, it's like the gears just start going. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. right. It's just right. like that. All it takes is that one little seed and then it's planted. And then it just like, cause right. like you, you're always thirsting to know more, you know, like, I, yeah. I don't know about you, but like, I'm never satisfied. Like, look at these people you get, you get on there, you start looking up one, how to video. Next thing you know, I just learned how to build a hot tub, you know, like, I don't right. know. I just went down a rabbit right. hole, but it's just right. like information you want it. So like the one thing and he starts thinking, he starts thinking, he goes home It cuts in. Uh, you can see that his, his wife, uh, Mildred. Yeah. Mildred uh, is, Mildred, Mildred is, yes. she sucks. She is. Oh my God. She is so. Boring. I just imagine the worst, like fucking like Valley oh, girl, like, yeah. Like West coast, like, Oh my God, God. And I don't I'm know. <laughs> I don't know if, if this is like on purpose, but she's, she's definitely on purpose, but like a reflective of 1950s women. I don't know, but like just, so materialistic just like every time montag is going to have a breakthrough with his revolutionary thoughts mildred is just like why are you thinking like that well that's because she doesn't she doesn't want to move forward right she just right. was like she's like i'm happy with where we're at right now we don't mm -hmm. need to do more 
The only more we need is I need that fourth fucking wall up there because I need that yeah. parlor, parlor, parlor room to look real. Yeah. I, I want to talk to the family. You know what I mean? Right, right. And right. Uh, yeah, she right. was so, oh, she's the she was just the fucking worst, man. She was. She uh, was. So it starts out what she's she's overdosed. She's overdosed on on pills. And you just um, you get the you get the you see like a you kind of get this, a sadness from her. You just know there's like a sadness there. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And he talks to her about it. She's like, "Oh no, that's not what I remember. That's no, I don't believe so. It wasn't me." And he's like, and then he's like, so used to it, you can tell it. Obviously, like, it, you get the feeling. I at least I did that. This is a normal routine, right? Because he right. was like at one point, "Oh well, maybe you just took one and then forgot and took another and another and another." And it's like thirty-five later, and uh, it goes from there. And then the next big thing right. for me, I guess, would be that I would go to is uh, the fire that they get a call at the fire department for the old lady, the one that ends up right. killing herself. So they end up going over there. And then long story short, uh, they find books in this old woman's house. She ends up sacrificing herself instead of leaving the property. She'd rather die with her books in that moment. Guy is just so like confused. He's like, why would someone be willing to kill themselves? over something as stupid as a book again just doesn't, right. it doesn't compute doesn't make sense like right. why would you do that you say all these things are stupid because they talk in there several times about how these are all made up they're fictional they're all lies like pretty much yeah. any book is just bullshit so why would this woman be so, especially to burn yourself i mean can you imagine just setting yourself on fire right right so then you i mean then you you go that really is like the straw that breaks the camel's back for Oh yeah, the the, the, right. the the dam is open and the water after is that, flowing. After that, he is he is, you know, he's like, yeah, fuck this. And then you really start to see his uh, fire chief, Beatty, as as the main villain. And well, so yeah, so the very next day when it cuts in, and now he's like, oh, I don't feel good, so I'm not going to work. Mm-hmm. And then he has the whole interaction with Mildred. You can definitely see that, like she is not about this like his ass needs to be at work because her her position is to sit at home all day and watch tv right right like he, her, yeah, that's, she doesn't like that, that is her love for him is the fact that he provides her that company. right right <laughs> that is where right. it is and so then we get a visit from bd montag's police captain who Which wants to uncomfortable know uncomfortable from the right start. it's like very, right out very of it's just like the way this, he knocks on the this door. dude is a good villain yeah um, well, at one point you can't really tell if he is a villain because it's almost like he's such a borderline character and i mean until later on but because yeah even, but he's he's an enforcer of the of the status quo and he's he's basically gonna like he's is he, i mean anyone who who reverses from that status quo from the from the burning of the books from you know from this like rule of law and like anti-intellectualism or just like anti like contradictory thought that's going on is is the enemy for for bd so he basically comes and has this really uncomfortable conversation with with montag where he answers a lot of montag and clarice's questions from that original conversation and he he does admit that yes firefighters used to put out fires right right and you're like, oh, okay, BD, BD's 
in on it. Like he knows, you know, that what's going on and that gives him a lot more power. But then he says, you know, he explains how we've gotten to this point in history in 2049. And he says, um, you know, it started in the civil war and it, you know, books have eventually just become these, uh, these powerful agents that ignite people, that make people angry. Um, and, you know, to live a peaceful, calm society in America, we need to, to burn all of these books, to, um, to, you know, quell any kind of, of unrest or any kind of, you know, differing thought, you know, from, from the norm. And uh, he gives the example of, you know, they don't want an individual, right? They don't want, they don't want an individual. And, and um, we don't want a superstar. I mean, it, we want mediocre across the board. Right, right, exactly. You just want to placate people into these, like, into what Mildred is, which is basically just, you know, a, zombie. a, a <laughs> pill-eating, yes. TV-watching zombie. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of get the, the, the sense that, um, you know, this is, this is to placate people. But it is interesting because he does say that it's people like it's American citizens that have made this choice, not, not some crazy, awful totalitarian government, like in other dystopian novels, it's, it's, you know, people voted for it. People like to be, you know, calm and fat and happy on their, on their couches all day. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting because, you know, I mean, every other dystopian novel I've ever read or, or, watch on tv like the hunger games is is always this you know terrible government behind the scenes pulling the strings you know killing political rebels and stuff like that but it's really just you know citizens who like to who are doing this to themselves you know and don't really want to think further um if because it's too hard um well, I so, think a lot of this too, so you have to think when he wrote this, this is 1953 too. So television mm -hmm. had just started to become a thing. And before that, most people gathered around radios at night and, and books were very book books were a big thing. And families mm -hmm. would gather around, they would listen to broadcastings on the radio, and that's what they did. But a lot of people saw the when the TVs came in, how the family dynamic changed. And I don't think a lot of people thought it was I think in this, a lot of the stuff he talks about technology was him saying like how he saw it then and it definitely comes into play now because if you look at it a lot of this stuff has progressed because the majority of people are like mildred mm, they're totally, slaves totally to the machine like that is their totally. dopamine like that is where they get their fill totally totally and like i mean what is crazy about authors like orwell and Bradbury is that they called it from the from the get go, and yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. It's where where we go to for all of our information, and you know we come home from from looking at screens all day. Most of us, you know, if you're in an office job, you come home, you're looking at a screen for ten hours. You come home and you look at one or Another two more screen. screens, <laughs> right? As you spend time with your family. You know, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my Netflix, but like, he's right. You know, he is right. And so it is, it is interesting because well, you're I too mean, preoccupied to care about right. anything else. Like, you don't right. watch, no right. one watches the news. No one reads the paper anymore. Mm -hmm. Like news articles are about 
online news now and it's all clickbait it doesn't matter if you read the article if it was a good article it's just how many clicks they can get in there and that's how mm-hmm. their money value is, right. is calculated right right so yeah i mean bradbury ahead of his time so uh, so this happens yeah uh bd at the end of the whole talk basically doesn't say like hey i know you have the book but he insinuates that he knows you have the book or he leaves it up to interpretation enough that if you were to have the book you would feel extremely uncomfortable because you would not be able to 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 know if he knew or not uh he's like but when firefighters take books, you know, we genuinely give them a 24 hour period to bring them back and burn them. Mm, and that's the last mm, thing he pretty much says. And then he leaves. Mm. Yeah. He's kind so, of giving Montana exactly, out. He's giving him an out. Right. He's like, Hey man, yeah. we've all been through this point. You're starting yeah. to question things. I get it. I used to be that guy. I'm not that mm-hmm. guy now. Right. right. One day, Just, if you keep doing this, yeah, you can be like me. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Don't right. worry about it. All forgiven right. slate clean. Boom, mm-hmm. he's gone. From that point, Guy and her go off on each other. There's this tiff. He ends up showing her these books. She's just first thing she says is like, you you can tell it's not like, oh my God, how could you do this to us? We could be killed. It's pretty much like, how could you do this? I could lose my panel. Like mm-hmm. I could lose right. my TVs. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't want to like, lose my shows. Yeah, totally. And like, like basically, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show Mildred good old Millie, you know, is, is definitely just, uh, she's, she's a pawn in this great system of, of, you know, calm, not really thinking about anything. And, and Montag is trying to get her to wake up. Um, so yeah, she's, she's quite distraught. Um, so anyway, we, we, we leave that conversation. Um, Montag, you know, keeps having these revolutionary thoughts. He's, he's, super angry about the world and feels like he's he's grown fat with anger and he can't shake it um and he he starts you know basically researching yeah yeah you've you've seen so before this point you'd only seen that one side of him Mm, now his character is completely shifted right 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 and he's 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 bordering on you know full full revolutionary at this point like he is he's had enough you know he's got that like like you lied to me like i've been lied to like everything i know is a lot at that point do i even know my wife who is my wife does my wife care about me so so from there he he knows he wants to do something he needs to know what to do with these books he he so he reaches out to a guy that he stopped one time and talked to in a park called professor faber faber Mm. Paper, paper, yeah. So he reaches out. They ended up talking. He goes over there. Professor does not want him in there, does not want to talk at first. They end up talking. They come up that what he basically ends up after a whole conversation. They end up on the conclusion that he's going to plant these books in other firemen's houses. And then they're going to call in on them to get the firemen to burn the firemen's. And we were going to destroy the structure from inside the structure. Mm, totally totally basically Uh yeah yeah no go on there you go yeah i yeah basically just you know outsmarting or trying to just take down this system from the trojan right right exactly um you know because at first 
uh, Montag was saying, you know, oh, we could we could start a free press. We could start a free press, and then like Faber is like, no, 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 no. You need to des destroy this whole system before you even get started with that. You know, you need to burn this this thing to the ground. Um, so, yeah, leaving this conversation, Faber, you know, goes back to his house, and Millie's there with her friends. What are her friends' names again? Uh, I do not have theirs. I forget the lady's name. Uh, I just didn't think they were that. I mean, they Mrs. were important. What? It was a very Mrs. awkward Phelps. situation. Mrs. Phelps and Mrs. Bowles. Okay. Bowles, yeah. And it was very, very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. I mean, right. guy, guy completely loses his cool in there. The professor's in his ear. He's basically like, hey, you need to stop. You're going to ruin this whole thing. Like, blah, blah, blah. And guy doesn't care. But you, but it gets weird because then Mildred steps in to help. Right, right. But you, but you get the feeling that she's not really helping to help him. She's more helping just to make sure she's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's he's super distraught. He's he, yeah. He's basically trying to wake them up. You know, he's trying to do what he was trying to do. With it's like he's mad. He's more right. mad that other people aren't as mad about it as he is. Right. Like, right. I don't want exactly. you to be complacent. I want you to be ready for a revolution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, I get, I get he's mad, but it's, you know, if, if they're, if they're enjoying their, their peaceful little lives as, as zombies in this whole system, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, to, to get them waking up, awoken like that. You it's know? it's I mean, much like uh, a lot of people today in TikTok. You're right. Right. Exactly. It's like, I mean, they like and people. People love their phones, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that sometimes as well. Um, you know, so it's it's tough. You know, try to. I mean, trying to get someone to be without their phone for a day or even a week. You know, I mean, could could you could you? I like. I, I don't know if I could do that. You know, so it's it's interesting. We've we've completed. I mean, I don't this, think you uh, could survive, man. Like, how would right, you like, hold you if we needed it? Right, right. How would you? Yeah, like. Can you imagine some, telling someone like, hey, uh, I don't have a phone, so. <laughs> I know, dude, like you couldn't do it. Like you just Maybe uh, just try to function. catch me next week or something, you know, like impossible. Um, anyway, so Mrs. Phelps, Mrs. Bowles, they, they are, they get really distraught. Millie gets, <laughs> Millie gets mad that, uh, that Montag has, has, made her friends you know angry um and you know they mrs phelps and mrs bowels leave leave the house yeah so then uh guy goes back to the police or the fire department and then yep. what happens from there he ah so he he basically he's he, he meets up with BD. He meets up with the rest of his fire mm -hmm. firefighter gang, and they uh, they get the alarm that you know there's a fire, there's a house that needs to be burned. They're not, and so they you know just regular old fire alarm. They they jump into their fire trucks. You know, obviously to go burn some house down. They arrive at his house, Montag's house, house. And his it's house. The ultimate betrayal. The, and and BD, you know, is taunting him and in, in 
you know, it's, it's a pretty awful scene. It was, it was very intense. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, you know, and crazy. And he ends up the, the air, the, the, I guess you would call it the little, the little bud that went in his ear for his communication fell out of his ear, the the seashell. Right. His, his, Uh, uh, his little seashell with to communicate with Faber. Yeah. Uh, So Captain Captain B saw that Mm -hmm. and then he, inform him that we are, we are going to trace that we are going to hunt that person down and kill them mm-hmm. and uh guys just like no i'm not gonna let you do it boom torch burn yeah so captain he, Beatty, done right right captain Beatty goes up in flames but then montag burns his whole house down he, he does burns his tv down burns the fucking parlor down burns the family or whatever that is down you know he it's it's all in flames and he's but i think that like really symbolizes that he is just like he is detached right like that is just like this is not my life i don't want that life bye right right and it is yeah it's kind of a symbol of like his house is a symbol of society you know and in that way and like instead of you know being able to burn down the entire system in that moment immediately he just you know uses that that house and everything that he knew and um that that whole system to to be destroyed you know Mm -hmm. now one Mm -hmm. thing we haven't brought up in that scene with the uh the two women and all them when they were in the living room before mrs phelps oh yeah mrs phelps and mrs bowles yeah yeah there's like two times in there and i think Two times earlier in the book, they allude to a war that's about to happen. Oh, yes. And you don't really think much of it because you just think like it's almost like, I don't know, just me. I was so triggered from 1984. I just assumed it was like the war is just there to distract them. Like there's not really a war. You know what I mean? Like right, it's just right. control. So just right. I just want to put that out there that we did forget to mm-hmm. hit on that. So then mm-hmm. from that point, uh, he heads over to Professor Faber's house. Right. From that he heads point. Over. Yeah. After they have their conversation, uh, we find out that the mechanical hound has been released because it's on TV to mm-hmm. hunt him down. So he knows at that point that that hound's going to come there. So he has to leave. So he heads out. He ends up uh, leaving. He he gets up in a river. He goes down. He gets washed out. Wakes up the next morning. He doesn't know where he's at. He ends up running to a group of people with the head guy being named Granger. Yeah, and Granger Granger's group is you know dedicated to what Faber wishes he could have done his whole life. He they uh, they preserve books, you know they. Um, and what's crazy is they don't even preserve them, as in they have a physical copy. They mm-hmm. they pretty much let out that they preserve them in their minds, like mm-hmm. they've de- right. developed it, they've perfected it, and they know how to do it, and that's how they preserve it. And if it's a little wrong, what I got from it, it's all right yeah at least we still have it right so then basically montag sees you know on tv because he 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 thinks that the 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 crazy man hunt um to to catch him is called off after he's jumped into the river you know they don't care about him anymore he's wrong he sees that it's it's you know been diverted and um the firefighters are are after him still and basically they find an innocent man on the street which they show on tv and 
uh, they kill they kill this guy um, to show as a symbol. You know, this is what happens to you when you when you. Well, yeah, they, they have to show you that. I mean, the yeah. mechanical hound can't be uh, incorrect. Like the mechanical right. hounds, all they say it's it's never not gotten anyone. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they can't admit right. to the people that they couldn't accomplish it. Right. Right. Totally. So, um, you know, Montag obviously you know feels feels terrible about that. I think he does. Um, and he becomes, you know, more ingrained in this group. Um, and he, he basically then gets a book of his own. Um, well, with yeah. that guy who gets killed, I don't know if this punt, I, I just don't want to forget it for later, if it stood out to you, but they talk about how uh, they would tr- track someone's routine, just as simple as like walking down the street with their right. dog or something, you know what I mean? And they would right. know that, like, okay, well, Ben does this every day at this time. And they know that for mm-hmm. years that you do that. And they know it for the sole purpose when situations like this happen. They mm-hmm. know well, he's always going to be there. We can just go kill right. him that day and say something. Right. And, and that right. was just mind-boggling to me. That was just crazy. Right. right. I mean, you know, it isn't, it isn't too far from from what we do, you know? I mean, in, in, like, it isn't too far from real life right now, you know? I yeah, mean, yeah, people, yeah. Like, intelligence services like even like the cookies on your phone google tracking like they you probably if you really wanted to you could have a pretty good pattern of life for somebody you know who you know if you really wanted to to catch them um you know their route from work their route to the grocery store you know their route to their mom's house um so you yeah you you could probably build that for someone pretty easily um and especially, you know, I mean, technology has only given us that that ability. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just another way that Ray Bradbury was was telling the future Very to us advanced. in 1953. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what happens next? Wait, we're uh, so then oh. you have the planes that fly over, right? And you're reminded about the war, mm-hmm. and pretty much the city is just destroyed. Mm guy has these thoughts about what about the professor what about the people there what about my wife mildred but he doesn't really like you don't really get the feeling that he loves her but it's just like he just maybe he just kind of feels like that's what he's supposed to feel you know right and then uh pretty much they walk i you get the feeling they're walking back towards the destroyed city and they're going to repopulate and like the last thing he says is to everything there is a season a time to break down and a time to build up and that's uh from the bible but it's it's crazy because the first thing he ever really says is it was a pleasure to burn but then the last thing he says at the end of the book to everything there is a season a time to break down and a time to build up and i just thought it was such a such a different feel of a like you can just see the transition in the character from the mm-hmm. and that's what he's like what he's saying is when he says that quote is like that's when we stop and we go over these things this is the quote that i'm going to use when it comes to my turn to say a quote from my book. Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, I mean, you, and I thought that was kind of a little bit hopeful, you know, like at, at least even though, you know, they live in this terrible world, we don't know what's going to happen with this war. Because yeah, it only takes a few people to make a change. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, you just right. Exactly. As long as they exist and as long as books exist within them, there is hope. And there is, you know, hope that 
this awful dystopian world for change one day. So, yeah, and it is, I mean, that is, it is powerful, you know? I mean, you look at, you know, falls of dictatorships across the world or terrible systems and, yeah, I mean, it only starts with, uh, with you know, a small group, one person, um, you know, a freedom fighter in, in, in some place um, to, to bring some change. So, yeah, I, um, I, I, I mean, so are we, we're done with the plot right now. Right. It just ends right. on that. And it's just, yeah, you're just left with, you're hopeful. You know what I mean? You're hopeful. And that's, mm -hmm. that's basically the, the outline of the book. Right. Right. So th from then we, uh, we're going to gear towards themes. Mm -hmm. So okay. uh, I'll start first. The overall theme, and this is a dead, I mean, this is a, not like a crazy theme. I'm not like being like, oh, I bet you didn't catch this. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, right out the gate. Like it hits you, like you just ran into a wall. Censorship. Mm, yeah. Which is something, yeah. It's very crazy because this book has spent the majority of its time in print being censored. You know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it's crazy that is like it that. is crazy it's too powerful it's too powerful and like yes exactly exactly and even even though we were not in 2040 49 you know automatically this book is just it hit the nail on the head for modern society and it was too real too like it told the truth and shown the, the mirror up to society too well so yeah absolutely i mean and what's crazy is that you know i feel like definitely the world is more free than it was in 1953, or I would hope so, you know, I mean, I feel, like less... we, I feel like we have more freedoms in some ways and mm. less freedoms in others. Yes. Like, yes. Totally. I've, yeah. I think on paper, it looks like it's more free, but I don't think we're too far off from, from the, especially if you get to certain parts of America, you gotta be, be real careful, <laughs> but that's just my two cents. Yes. Yes. But yeah. I, no, no, no. It, Totally true. And I, I agree with you in that, like, we're, we're more free on, on paper, absolutely. We're less free in subconscious ways of how, you know, big corporations and big money control us behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, it's 2023. Modern technology, yeah. Right. They, they just voted. They were trying to re-vote on if gay marriage should be legal or not. You know what I mean? Or, right, like, right. women should be able to have abortions. Like, it's just fucking right. crazy. Like, Yeah, right, exactly. Right. So, you know... It, exactly 80 years later so at the same time you know i feel like book burning and or just book censorship is still just such a hot topic because you see it from from both sides of uh of the political spectrum you see banned books in you know christian schools you see banned books you know on the left from like really conservative authors um you know, I mean, it's, it's wild. And there's always like this, this no, no read list in, especially in like in the deep South, I think in, in, in public schools. And that's always a hot I mean, topic. The, the Nazi, I mean, the Nazis burned books, man. Like it yeah. was, it was that time. That's just like, I think he was really uh, showing stuff that was going on and where he thought that was going to lead to. And in some mm -hmm. ways, I don't, I don't think he was that far off. I mean, we still right. have issues with censorship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I think you 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 were very right in saying that 
you know, you, we have freedoms on paper. And I think that, you know, democracy, Western democracy, you know, really likes to, to tout that. But, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, governments and corporations, you know, people in power, you know, need control and they need that censorship or they need that, that status quo that, um, you know, we see in, in Guy Montag's world, you know? So I, um, <laughs> it, is, it is very funny though, like you look at, um, you look at, at BD and the firefighters and you can kind of tell that Mildred has like a, a respect or, or a fear or just, he, she's very aware of the power dynamic that BD has in society. And I think well, it's she really knows like if he yeah. thinks they have books, like they're, they're burned, dude, for lack of mm-hmm. better words, you're burned. Like, right, right, right. And yeah, I mean, she's living under that fear, but I think, you know, it's interesting when you, when you think about, you know, the people in power today and like the, in society and how they they have respect in a lot of circles and they even though you know i mean they 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 do some some awful things you know i mean politicians you know like you know the police you know i mean they're like it's it's messed up you know and i think they're they're upholding the status quo or at least trying to whatever 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 way they know how and i don't think that it's it's necessarily reflective of the individual of like bd or any one of those firemen i think you know it's the only world that they knew and that change or that revolutionary thought of like oh my gosh what am i what i'm doing is is bad or awful doesn't even cross their minds and they're trying to uphold whatever good they know so yeah, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big thing because ignorance is a big thing in this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so what's, what's your theme? You, you hit me off with one of the things you picked up on. Mm. Well, I mean, this, the whole theme of, uh, of, of pleasure, like I think they mentioned it a few times in the book, but pleasure in that you know, it, what Mildred and what Montag originally like distinguishes as pleasure or like having fun, mm-hmm. you know, is really just being placated by the TV or driving really fast in the car. So or taking, taking a lot of drugs or pills, you know, and I think that it is very similar to today and that like we think a lot of the things that we're going to get pleasure from, you know, are, are, you know, driving really fast in, in a, you know, super nice car or, um, you know, watching TV or, or taking drugs. And, I, and while that may be very temporary and, you know, that there is that spike of dopamine, it doesn't give us any lasting, you know, solace or relief or, or time to think as Faber says um, or anything like that. And it's really just making our minds and our brains numb a little bit. You know, 
So, so I had the same thought, but instead of calling it saying pleasure, I, I saw it as dissatisfaction. That was an mm. overall theme I saw because they okay. paint you this picture as if they're happy. But she, mm. you saw that she tried to kill herself. They insinuate that she kept trying to kill. Like this was an ongoing thing is what I got from it. Right. Uh, you know, he's not content with this job. She says she's happy with the TV, but she's not actually happy. That's And then she goes out and does these drives and all these things she's trying to do. And she's saying she's happy, but she doesn't have the actions of someone's happy. She's dissatisfied. Like he even said, he's dissatisfied. He's unhappy with his, with what he was doing. And they just, they can't live without that entertainment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Like right. the technology plays a, that, that parlor, like they have right. to have it. And they, she insists that she's happy yet at the very beginning of the book, it suggests otherwise when it talks about her near death suicide, you know what I mean? And the dissatisfaction just grows beneath the surface and it gets even more and until it's consciously, they have to realize it. Right. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I think, you know, we can, I'm going to just keep saying this, like it is so similar to today. I mean, we, people just live these lives where, you know, they go through the motions of, of feeling numb of, and then honestly, you know, ultimately dissatisfied, you know, with all these things that are supposed to make you happy. Um, but really there's no fulfillment, you know, and deep satisfaction for, for people. And, uh, I think, you know, Montag hit it on the head when, you know, he, he's trying to get, he's trying to get Millie to wake up and really, you know, think about what he's saying uh, about these books and about, you know, the society that they live in. And all Millie wants to do is go back into the parlor and watch TV. Cause that's her life, man. She's content right. with just right. getting by doing it until you die. Right. And that's the problem. A lot of people in today's modern society are like that. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you got to do paycheck to paycheck. You're going to live, you're going to have kids, you're going to die, they're going to have kids, they're going to die. You know what I mean? Like just everyone's just doing the same thing over and over until everything just shits itself and there's no chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, or like people wake up and they're like, oh God, what have I been doing? Right, they're like, what have I been doing for the last 50 years? Like working a terrible job, you know, just living in this machine and like never doing anything for themselves so yeah i mean you know we, we we probably live in some version of fahrenheit 451 but that's that's oh that's a depressing thought but I know, yeah right? i mean it, it it's it's true you know so if you're if you're listening to this people get out and live throw away throw away your phone and read a book <laughs> burn your phone that's the whole burn point of this phone. podcast to burn, burn your, your phone. phone burn your phone <laughs> nah but uh phone. yeah so i have quite a few more but i'm just gonna pick one and it's i'm not gonna it's not some crazy but obviously like technology is i feel is overall like a, a theme that appears over and over in this book the talks of the parlor the uh, what is it uh the dog the mechanical hound uh the way they have uh the augment the thing that the augmentation or whatever so like the box that he said that he put in there so like when uh the tv's talking it like drops her name in there to make her feel like she's a part of the show like 
it's just like so much intertwined with it. And I think a lot of that too, is because I think a lot of people, especially maybe authors back then, they just maybe weren't too big of a fan of TVs when TVs came out. You know what I mean? Cause it really did change the dynamic. Cause I mean, not long after that, you got what you got TV dinners. Now people aren't eating around the table. They're eating in their living room. You know what I mean? So right. it really did change America a lot. Like the dynamic mm-hmm. of the family, I think. Right. And the way that, you know, these big powerful figures, in society could come into your own living room, you know, like, I mean, huge corporations, you know, TV shows, actors, but anyone who was really behind the strings of what was on TV and broadcasting power could, you know, be transported into every single family's living room in a very intimate way and really, you know, have a huge. But it also talks about how much it cheapens it too. When he talks about, uh, what is it the professor like who's saying he's not spiritual or religious or he talks about how they pretty much cheapen the meaning of jesus and how they bring him into everyone's home and he's like part of the mm-hmm. family and they put him in these clothes and all this and like it just mm-hmm. it kind of just it it lessens the meaning of these things you know mm-hmm. totally totally yeah because it's never never real and you can almost always tell you know except for some really good cgi you know that it's fake and what you're watching is just some some fabrication so yeah yeah it's yeah so ben for themes do you have anything else you want to go over i I mean talked about religion talked about talked about technology no i'm i'm good man all right so now it brings us to the next part our take so ben i want your take on the book like what what is what is your take Fahrenheit 451, great book, would recommend to anyone who has not read it. I feel like extremely important book to read just to understand society, to to be skeptical, you know, about society and all the things that you read and watch um, on the news. You know, it just makes you a better person, a better thinker. Um, I really enjoyed it. you know, I, I think that, you know, kind of kind of causes you to wake up and look at your own life um, the way that Montag does. So, yeah, huge, huge thumbs up. Would recommend. Good choice, Justin. Awesome. Uh, yeah, same take. Uh, I went into it not really uh, expecting a certain thing. I had a very open mind. I was just reading it, taken as it was. And uh yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't really have an idea of what it was going to be. And then when it hit me, I was like, oh, that's really, that's a great concept. And that just went, and then the whole censorship, and it's just going deeper and deeper. And then the story would be real calm. And then out of nowhere, it was, like, super intense. Like, I, I loved how it, like, fluctuated. You know what I mean? But uh, I guess kind of, like, overall, my favorite part was that at, at the end, it kind of left you feeling hopeful that, like, there's always a chance that we can fix it. You know what I mean? Even if it's not true, it just, it's nice to feel that way. I think sometimes that things are going to be okay, you know? And uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good book. I would, I would, uh, I'd probably say everyone should at least read it once. That'd be my one book. If like, I'll probably have a list as we keep doing this and certain books will be on this list, but I will definitely say this book will be on the list. The one book I think everyone should read before they die right now. I would say you sh- you should probably read this book. Damn, that's 
Yeah, strong endorsement. I love it. Okay. And and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'll say that one too. Even if we don't cover that one, that's definitely a must read. Awesome. All right. Sweet. Um well I have my next, I have my next week's next week's read. You wanna you wanna transition to that? Yeah, man. Take it away. All right, sweet. So next next week's read will be Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers okay. of the Flower Moon. I do not think I have ever heard of that. Yep, yep. It's actually being made into a movie now. Um, we, uh, I, so I got it as a book a while or a gift a while ago. Never read it. It's gotten a lot of buzz. It's about uh, Osage murders, the birth of the FBI. Okay. You know, in the beginning of the 20th century. Is it fiction or? Uh, it's no. it's nonfiction, but it's it it is it's gonna be good it's gonna be okay. good. no i'm excited yeah. i was just curious yeah. i didn't know if it was like uh yeah no no, no. Okay, not awesome. a novel yeah okay. very very based in fact um yeah but so i'm, I'm looking forward to doing more stuff like that too yeah oh we almost forgot our our uh our casting our casting of uh of uh fahrenheit 451 who who's gonna so play? fahrenheit 451 i believe has already been made a movie damn okay wait let me but let's see uh let's see if it was the right cast oh it was it wait what are we talking about it was the movie made in 2018 michael yeah. jordan with sky montag yeah oh damn <laughs> damn i should watch this yeah okay. this is uh this is like on hbo if i'm not mistaken oh michael shannon plays captain john beauty and if Michael Shannon is one of those actors that you see and everything, but you just don't, you can't, you know, name him. Uh-huh. He is the perfect casting for Captain John Beauty. Man. Oh, that is that very good casting. Uh, I, I, don't, see, I wouldn't have thought, yeah, Michael Shannon, huh? That's Yeah, I'm going to definitely have to watch it. Yeah. Uh, I think the way they did it is interesting. I would definitely, yeah. uh, before I would try to recast it since they've already cast it, I think I would uh, stick with this. And then yeah. uh, after I decide if I hate it or not, then I'll rip it apart. <laughs> <laughs> or, or build it up, you know? You know, you know yeah. I mean. See, okay, four, 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb. So 31% rot to mid. Okay, well, it's looking like the, the book is, is probably better, but I'm going to give this movie a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm gonna watch yeah. it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love watching how they destroy books. Sometimes it really <laughs> upsets me. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to. Eventually, we're gonna do Ready Player One because I really like that book. But uh, I just want to go on the record saying that was the worst movie I'd ever seen in my life, and I watched. It <laughs> Damn, uh, it was yeah, like they I mean, rewrote the whole thing. So hopefully, yeah. this one though stays pretty cool. Yeah. All right. All right, Sweet. guys. Well, well uh, yeah. till next week. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. All All right. right. Till then.